This is Upload Media. so happy that you're here you're, listening yeah. <laughs> to our podcast. Your ear holes are not prepared for what we have for you today. None of your holes are prepared for what we have for you any day. <laughs> oh, you're so raunchy. <laughs> oh. Yes, this is not, not for kids. So if your kids are in the car, get them the fuck out. Right. It's PG-13, if not higher. On our best day. On our best On day. our cleanest day, it's yep. a PG-13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of... Best days in PG-13. One thing I wanted to tell you today <laughs> that I forgot to tell you was that I've been Tindering again because oh. sometimes when I like hit my lowest of low. Girl, who hurt you? Everyone <laughs> didn't hurt me is the question. Um, I've been Tindering Back. and I swiped on this man and we've been chatting. Um, and he's the one who invited me because he's a, a, a musical artist. But he invited me to a show with his fuck buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a story for a different day. But what this is happening. Yes, I know. He invited me to watch him at a show his fuck buddy was going to be at. Um, so then he messaged me at 4 a.m. and said, W-Y-D. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And I Negative. was like, what the fuck wow. do you think I'm doing? I was like, I'm. I Turn the red receipts on immediately. Right. Yeah, I was sleeping. <laughs> like most normal people at four in the morning. Wow. Because That's I get ballsy. up at, Isn't it? Yeah. And I replied, sorry, I was knocked the fuck out. Right. And he was like, Like oh. a normal person. Well, I went out and then I was, I'm like, even when I go out during the week, I am home by like right. midnight. I mean, like, okay, maybe when I was 25, I'd be out and like till 4 a.m. But that's also because, you know, there were after parties and all those things. But like I was up to, Wednesday? you know, raucous things. But on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. Honey. So that's like red flag number two. Right. Ooh. I know. So, yes, I obviously had to hit a very low point to, <laughs> to receive this shit into my life. But see, this is what you get when you put yourself back on these apps. I know. Right. It's like, what What are we expecting here? What is, what's the standard? It's super low on Tinder. What did period. our friend Kat share with us that men spend an average of three seconds on a woman's profile oh, yeah. before swiping mm-hmm. and women spend an average of eight seconds? Yeah. So. Tinder is just garbage. And it just goes to show that men are garbage, period. So Men are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's exciting news for you. Yeah, I meant to <laughs> tell you that earlier because a <laughs> new development in my relationship sagas. Oh, I'm we love still it. Still single AF. <laughs> just so everyone knows. Bitch, same. It's okay. Yeah. Um, also, our episode about sex aired to 
day, but by the time you hear this, it will not be the day it aired. Right. But this is one that I'm just a pinch nervous about my mom listening to. Yeah. See, here's the thing about our show is that like sometimes I say things because I like I kind of live in this bubble when we're in this room. Yes. And then I forget that people are actually <laughs> going to be listening to it because yes. then like weeks later they'll be like, oh my God, Caleb, what did you say about this thing and this thing? I'm like, what? When did I say that? Who said that? Right. Who told you that? <laughs> exactly. You did. You did, Caleb. Yeah. On your podcast. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh yeah, I do. I do that. I do do that. It is extremely humbling to have a thought (laughs) at one moment in time just stay there fixed permanently Mm -hmm. forever Forever. because, you know, we're humans, we're evolving, we're changing. It's recorded. And it's recorded. Yes. Have you ever gone back way back in the day or have it happened where Facebook will be like, Remember this 13 mm-hmm. years ago, you posted this thing and it's some stupid, obnoxious like post like back when it used to be like, tell I'm feeling whatever or yes, this Caleb is what I'm is. doing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, this is so cringe. Yeah. What were you doing? <laughs> I'd make a lot that were like, Sarah is finna go out with my <laughs> dogs. D-A-W-G-Z. Oh, like the spelling was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um. The grammar and the words was just like... Who needed it? Not anybody. You know, social media has developed and evolved in so many different ways. In ways that I'm not necessarily sure that I you know, approve of or feel comfortable with sometimes. But it is funny to look back and to see the way that social media was, you know, a decade ago. And to like, be like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm 33. Like, what kind of posts do I make now? I don't post because most of the time it's not necessary. But yeah, people don't need to be thinking. Poster. I'm not... I'm not either. Not on Facebook. Um, I like stories because they go away. Right. And see, I think that's also my problem with Snapchat, right? Ah. Is that like, I don't know how to function on Snapchat because everything just disappears. And I'm the kind of person when I'm messaging you that like, I could also possibly let that message like be on read for like Mm -hmm. a couple days, but then it'll disappear. And then I'm like, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm like an elder millennial. (laughs) You know, who doesn't know how to do shit anymore on okay. any of these platforms? Like somebody had to teach me how to do something on Instagram the other day. And I was like, I don't I don't know how to post a link that people can click. I posted a link for the first time today. Wow. Do you know what? You were doing amazing, <laughs> sweetie. Keep it up. Thank you. I'm learning. Yeah. Hashtag progress. Yeah, it, it was Brody. He messaged me. Oh, it was for the link for the GoFundMe. Oh, for the, yes. for the whatever, for the program. Yep. Um, and he's like, hey. By the way, this is how you should do that. And I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> Thanks. I love Brody. <laughs> I do he probably, too. I know. He probably just would have done it for you if you would have asked. <clears throat> I should have. But yeah. you know what? I'm a I'm a I'm an independent man. You are. You know, I'm a strong independent man out here living my life solo. Okay. I don't need anybody and I don't need no man telling me how to put a fucking link in my fucking bio. Thank yes. you. Yes. Brody. Oh, just sorry, kidding. Brody. I love you. I appreciate you. You're great. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, friends are awesome. Yeah. Helping us grow. <laughs> is, that, is that all you have to share with us, or do you want to say anything? Um, I feel like I've been on this journey of uh, self acceptance. Mm-hmm. And that has been a thing that kind of crops up in or pops up in these like really weird ways in ways that I didn't, you know, necessarily see that I needed. Or when I'm uh, experiencing some kind of like 
I don't know, dis-ease or uncomfortability that like, it's because I'm not, I haven't accepted something about myself and I don't want to, I'm having a lot of resistance. So like that idea of mm-hmm. acceptance and resistance has become this like key, like paradigm in my life. Yeah. And uh, it's been fascinating. I feel like I'm having a lot of like light bulb moments. And Oprah ha- calls them aha moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Oprah. Yeah. I've been having a lot of aha moments. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have to thank, you know, the universe for that. So are there any you can share with us? Um, I think the most recent one was about my sexual orientation, um, is that I feel like I'm constantly um, looking for people to accept me or to approve of me. And I think that, you know, people have that struggle, you know, in a lot of other ways that aren't necessarily connected to their sexual orientation. But I think because of, you know, the deep shame that I experienced growing up that, I have a hard time accepting myself. And so I don't believe when people are accepting of me. And I feel like I need that constant, constant approval and the constant validation that they accept me um, so that I can feel belong. Like I belong Mm -hmm. that sense of belonging. hasn't like necessarily isn't something that I accept very often or I don't believe I don't trust it. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Just something that like was on my mind. You're not like a receptive person. I know. I'm not. No, you're not. Yeah, I got a shield up. I got a wall. I know. I'm still trying to break that shit down, break babe. Break my walls down, baby. I will. In the Come in like a wrecking ball, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I will do that. Yeah. Yes. She was so hot in that music video. Was she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was oh, cute. Okay. Okay. Well, right. there's that. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. <laughs> we have a crush on Miley. Okay, that's your truth. And moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> We're joined with another wonderful guest today. Ugh. I know no one knows, but this is our second recording of the day. And we've just got some powerful, divine, feminine energy up in this studio. Oh, and we love it. Oh, we love to see and feel the love tonight. That divine energy. Mm, yes. That divine feminine. Oh. Yes. Oh, give it to me, mama. <laughs> like now. <laughs> right now like I'm trying to understand when do I step in she is a beautiful black woman she is a mom she is a business baddie she is a community leader mm. and involved she is Thank a friend you. a mother a daughter yes she's all the things yes Brianna Smallwood people people Thank get into you. it come on down Brianna Hello. If I weren't so congested, I would have like sing-songed my way in so I could prove that feminine There's energy. Plenty of chances for you to sing. Song oh yeah. Yes. Brianna, we support it. We're here for thank your, you. We're thank here. you. Thank we're here you. For it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm excited. We made this happen. I know. We I know. Do they know? Trying. Well, yes. We've been Ish. trying to get Brian here for a while. A really a while. long time. Well, I feel like this is kind of the same story as like as Liz that like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. you coming onto our show for a while mm-hmm. and i'm so glad that we finally are making it happen oh my goodness i'm so excited it's but like you're a dream come true you know oh, thank you golly i'm blushing oh jeez. um yeah thank you no i'm happy to be here yeah. i'm really and i was sharing with sarah in one of our recent conversations that i feel like i'm a very firm believer that everything happens uh on purpose and on time mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and for whatever reason it just wasn't syncing up and kind of like Thank God it wasn't because when we first started talking about having this conversation, I was in a space where I wanted to like scream to the world about the changes that were taking place in my Mm. life. 
it really wouldn't have been good. Mm-hmm. I really sure. needed some time to sit back and relax. I did not need to be on somebody's podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, amen. I'm here now and I'm so thrilled. Oh, yeah. Me too. Thank you. Divine timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had dates set. And mm-hmm. every time we get right up to the day and it doesn't work out. There's just something. Yeah. Something in the air. That yeah. there's always something. But you're right, it it aligns perfectly. And I feel like everything you're going through as a human really aligns with the things Caleb and I are going through as well and kind of our goals for this podcast. So yay. Yes, yay. yay. I'm here for it. Yay. So you guys might know Brianna um, from the restaurant that she and her ex-partner used to own Vivian Soul Food, mm-hmm. a staple right here in Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. And my family loved that restaurant. Thank you. One, because you guys had Minute Maid Lemonade, which I know is like the it's weirdest thing, but there's mm-hmm. not very many places that have that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what's really funny about that is that we were making homemade lemonade originally. Mm-hmm. And then um, we ran out or, you know, something happened where we were short, something like that. So we bought Minute Maid like in a pinch. And then every customer was like, oh my gosh, that lemonade is banging. And we were like, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. you know what? We will no longer spend the time making it then. Right. Go get me the Minute Work Maid. Work smarter, right. not harder. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite lemonade. Um, I'm kind of a psycho with food. Yeah, yeah, that's like my kind. If mm-hmm. it's on a menu anywhere, I will drink it and then I will like drink 10 glasses of it. Right. So I liked it because you had Minute Maid lemonade and I loved your mac and cheese and your fried chicken. My son loves it because you guys had lamb and yes. I don't cook lamb and yes. I don't cook pork at home. Yes. And he also loves pork. So mm-hmm. we would go there. Um, I actually bought for him the last time we were there two meals. He got lamb and chicken mm-hmm. and ate all of it. There we go. Growing boy. He is a growing boy. Growing boy. Mm -hmm. So we were devastated when (laughs) the restaurant closed. Broken hearted. It's very bittersweet. Mm -hmm. I will say that. It's super duper bittersweet. Um, I don't think that, you know, when you're in something and you're doing something, you kind of don't even really realize what the outside perception is. Mm -hmm. You're just doing it and you're going with, you know, you're doing the things, you're going with the flow. And um, it's so funny to me because... I'm realizing now after the fact, now that we're closed, kind of what that restaurant meant to a lot of the community. Mm-hmm. I had, I really didn't even realize it when I was so deep in the weeds with it. Um, and so just maybe two weeks ago or so, one of my girlfriends sent me a picture uh, that she had taken of a Monopoly board. And it was like a Cedar Rapids dedicated board that they're selling at Walgreens. And Ooh. Vivian Soul Food was on the board. <gasps> no way. And it was on the expensive side. And she was, yeah. And she was like, girl, listen, I'm kind of sad for you, but you're still the goat. And I was like, oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So that, you know, it's little moments like that kind of now in retro where I'm like, wow, that was a big thing. Mm. Um, and obviously I'm, I was, it was a, one of the most difficult decisions to make closing the restaurant. And there's a lot of different factors and you might ask the questions. We might discuss those things. Um, but it also was such a necessary decision at that time mm. because it was really just it was it was taking us out mm-hmm. like quite literally. Um, and when people ask, they're like, you know, uh, are you okay talking about it? And are you sad? And are you this or you that? I'm still super proud of it. I don't feel mm. like I failed or it was some like 
catastrophic issue. And, you know, I feel like I graduated business school. Like, mm-hmm. I know the mm. things. I know how to operate some shit. Like, I, yeah. I know how to build it now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I took away so many lessons. And it was just such a necessary piece of my journey. So, I mean, I feel I feel blessed nonetheless. Yeah. I don't work in uh, service at all, but Caleb does. Yeah. And Ugh. I know oh that, God. yeah, it's a very, it takes a special person to work in the service industry and an even more special person to own the establishment. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you. Thank you. I couldn't have done it. Don't want to do it ever. Thank you. I have no desire. Yeah. 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 And I am sad that it's closing or had closed. It's closed. Yeah. That was yeah. a bummer to me. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Some of that stuff um, is just really important in our journey mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. who we are today. Yeah. yeah. And I love the perspective. Thank you. Yeah. That yeah. The, that it's not like a failure. Yeah. Thank that you. it was a part of, you know, a learning experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I will say to all the Cedar Opinions listening to this episode, um, my ex-husband, that was his passion for real, for real. Mm. Um, and so he has a little bit of restaurant ownership PTSD at the moment. Mm. But he does still on a, a regular basis when we're in a space where we can have a kosher conversation, it's oftentimes about the thoughts and the dreams and the visions that he has for something else food related. So stay on the lookout because I do think that he'll probably do something within the next two, three years. Mm. So there's that for what it's yeah, worth. That would be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Interesting. So I know you have other jobs besides Vivian's. What else do you do? Did you do? Um, okay. You more of now? Yeah. So I actually have a corporate career. I'm an operations manager in ed tech and I've worked for two companies. I started my career and spent my first 10 ish years Um, with a company that was like 100 plus years established. It's one of the world's lardy, excuse me, the world's leading educational assessment companies. Mm. Very long story short, my boss, um, one of my previous bosses at that company went to go pursue some passion work and help with an ed tech startup. She knew, um, she knew me well, she had become kind Mm. of like a mentor. And she called a few years ago, and she says, Hey, uh, how are you doing? I said, I'm good. And she knew that I had the small business as well. So she goes, how's the business? And I go, oh, it's going. She said, okay, are you still in the corporate arena? I said, I am. And she goes, for how long? And I said, why? What What do you want? And she was like, <laughs> come with me. Give me two years and you can go. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And she knows me personally, right? So she goes, okay, well, are you in your million dollar house yet? No, I'm not. She, okay, then come over here. Give me two years and you can go. <laughs> so uh, long story short, I'm at a new company now since um, 2020, doing the very same thing that I was doing for the previous one. Um, but ultimately, what we do is we just produce content and real-time news at mass. We uh, Every single day, it's all online, and we're in about 90% of schools across the U.S., Wow. I operate all of the teams across the country that interact with the the very direct end users, so the teachers and the district admins and tech coordinators in those school buildings. Wow. Yeah. So you had a full-time job in addition to owning and operating Vivian's. The entire time. And wow, parenting. Wow, that's super impressive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in our community didn't even know that I had my own career. Um, I'm fortunate that the company, the business I work for is out of New York. So there's not an office here for me to go to. So I'm remote. I had this really crazy vision early on where I actually thought that I would work my full-time job 
from the restaurant in an office there. And I tried it and it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. <laughs> it was like all bad. It was terrible. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So I worked full time and a lot of people in the community didn't really realize that, but I did it for six years. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's badass. Thank you. I don't think I could do it. Nor again, nor do I want to. Nor right. do I want to. I'm with you. Yeah. Yes. I am. Well, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know, I'm like a social media stalker. I don't really like to interact. It's very sane. You just keep up. Yeah, it's sane. It's probably like everyone else is stalking, right? Like, you know shit Mm -hmm. about the people you're friends with. Yes. Yes. I was being sarcastic, but. Oh, okay. So it's it's not as sane as I feel like it is. I'm just kidding. Well, in in lieu of Caleb not posting at all, Brie does post. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I get to watch her. And I feel like. I'm along on her journey with her because she posts and I'm always seeing what she does. And I have noticed ever, I mean, the past couple years and even thinking back to the first time you and I sat down um, and talked about coming on the podcast, even the first time I met you, which was a year ago. Next mm-hmm. month at my birthday mm-hmm. party. Oh, yes. yes. Okay, yes. Yes. And I feel, I just have to tell, actually, now I'm going to sidetrack. Let's do it. But tangent. I had told, yes, it's tangent. I hate making friends, mm-hmm. which, you know, I fucking hate people. <laughs> um, but I told Tamara, I was like, you know who I want to be friends with? And I was like, Bree Smallwood. Ah, ah. And she was like, oh. And then the next thing I know, she's like, I invited Bree to your birthday party. And I was like, Bree who? Right. She's like, Brianna Smallwood. The person you like, said you wanted to be friends with. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, that's so, so funny. Yeah, you just fucking speak that shit into existence. Manifest and it just pops it. up. Mm. Yeah, so and I'm, with Tam, she always makes things happen. She does. Right. Yeah. It was, it so was that really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was happy to see you. Um, and then I'm happy that now it doesn't seem as stalkery because I know you mm-hmm. in real life. So when <laughs> yes. I'm looking at your shit, it's not as weird. Yeah. Right. No, it's not weird anyways. I mean, that's what Facebook is built for, right? Yeah. Mm. But, you know, you get those people that don't interact, but like see, you know, I call those fans like yeah. when they're watching what you do, right. but not like. Mm-hmm. I try to engage, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm scrolling and I'm like, yes, Brie. And then I'm yeah. on to the next yeah. person yeah. and I don't actually like <laughs> yeah. say it. That's okay. But I'm thinking yeah, it that's all okay. the time. Right. Yeah. That's one of the problems with social media, right? Is that it can be impersonal, but you're still very deeply invested in another person's yes. life, right? Yes. But like you're not friends with them. So it's not like. Or you don't have an actual relationship exactly. with someone like at all, mm-hmm. but yes. you're like sisters because of mm-hmm. Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> yes. like ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that happens. So I've really enjoyed watching you, um, especially in this past year, two years. Thank you. Your transformation and your evolution in life. And we kind of were talking about before we got on here, mm-hmm. you're in your soft girl era right now. 100%. Just like, it's just so easy. Mm-hmm. It's like everything is roses and pearls and pink and I don't know. Yeah, it's softer than ever before. And I didn't like do anything to bring it on. It just kind of came in and settled in. And I really, really like it. I like it for you. Thank you. You just like glow. And I love seeing all the things you do and um, how you're choosing to care for yourself and your family. Thank you. Especially for black women. I think it's an excellent example of how you can wear many hats and Mm -hmm. still care fully and show up and be present Mm -hmm. and be engaged in the community and as a parent Mm -hmm. or as just a woman in general. Yeah, for sure. I want to know what a soft girl era is. 
I want to know what hard girl era is. Right. Too. Conversely. So I was in comparison. I was trying to explain this to Tamara. I'm apparently really into water metaphors. Mm. And I was like, it's like the difference between surfing and tubing. Mm, that's okay. kind of a good one. So like when you're surfing, you know, like you're putting it's like on aggressive. Yeah. You're putting on the gear. Like you're going out there, you're riding big ass waves. Like you're overcoming, you're right. mm-hmm. working really hard. You're hustling. Yes. Yeah. You have to like work to stabilize. You're mm-hmm. getting shit done. Like you're falling down. That you're is getting a up. Good one. But when you're tubing, you're floating, you've got your little wine or beer you're being mm-hmm. led you're following the river you're looking at nature you're, you're like observing. working with the water as opposed to like trying to cut through it yes you're of. not trying to control the wave yeah. like you're just yes letting it all flow right relax Ugh. yes i love Fuck. this gentleness yes soft girl era yes. i get a it perfect mm-hmm. that was a good analogy that was a good one thanks she didn't think it was but i think it is i do i love this idea of you know what Sarah was saying, this kind of like glow up, right? This kind of, um, you know, transformation that you've gone through mm-hmm. um, in closing the restaurant and then entering into a period of softness and gentleness mm-hmm. and how that can be a really beautiful thing to witness. Because I love mm. deconstructing this idea that hustling and grinding is what we need to be doing all the time. Facts. Mm-hmm. And you want to know what's like so cool is that being on this side of it, I still hustle my ass. I oh, mean, sure. I hustle. Um, and I grind and I work super duper hard. It's so much easier in this soft girl space. Yeah. Like I get, I can do all the work and some, and it just doesn't feel difficult. And you still have time to rest. Yes. Yeah. Like I cook dinner nearly every night. I made, um, salmon lasagna roll-ups the other night. Oh, that sounds disgusting. It was. I love uh, salmon. As my five-year-old Keep would going, say, Brianna. it was bussin' bussin'. <laughs> <laughs> it was you so good. Was good. So oh, it was so delicious. <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, I'm just, you know, so I, I guess what I'm getting at, though, is that I'm finding time. It's really wild in this soft space. I'm still working full-time. I mm-hmm. actually also have a few different little, like, little side hustles that I'm manifesting into larger things currently, but I do those. I have my kids. But when I tell you that, for the most part, the beds are made in the morning, Everyone is bathed and in bed and cozy by 9, 9.15 at night. Dinner is cooked on a regular basis. I have time to go to the gym for an hour almost every single day. How am I doing all of these things? I don't know because when I was in my rough girl life, my hard girl life, whatever that's (laughs) called, when it was rough, I did do a lot, but gosh, I didn't cook. I know I didn't do that. I didn't cook. Mm. Kids got the bath when... I could smell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, now I'm like, yeah. baby, do you want me to put oil in your water tonight? And she's like, rose petals. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that part. No, it's great. What do you feel like was the catalyst um, in your life for you from transitioning into your, from your rough girl era into gentle, soft pleasure life? Oh, I think... Um, I think that there is a space in the healing journey where once you have a really, really solid understanding that whatever trauma it is that you went through, you cannot control those circumstances, those people, the others involved. Once you stop pointing the finger and focusing so much on like how traumatized you are, how resentful you are, how such and such did you so terrible, and you start looking at yourself and you go, what responsibility in this do I have? Um, It just... Healing becomes so little about what happened and so much about what responsibility do I have in it? What could I have done differently? What do I need to do differently going forward? Um, 
And I went through a phase a few years ago where I quite literally struggled to look at myself in the mirror Mm -hmm. because I Mm -hmm. had questions for my own self about things that I had allowed to happen, things that I co-signed, things that I brushed under rugs. I mean, I PR'd the shit out of life for like almost 10 years. I got Mm -hmm. so good. Um, And I couldn't explain to myself what would make you put yourself in that position. Why did you accept Mm -hmm. that? Why did you do that? Um, I still don't have the answers as to why I did those things, but what I do understand is what I'm doing differently now, Mm. what I'll continue to do differently. And once I shift it from, because context, I'm sure we'll get to this in a little bit. I'm recently divorced, um, care about him. I think that he is a very powerful person and I think that we were very powerful together, but it was toxic to the one millionth degree, Mm. um, And once I moved past trying to understand, well, why does he do this? Why does he do that? Why am I treated this way? Why am I feeling this way? And I moved past that and got to the space where I was like, girl, what are you doing for yourself? You know, Mm -hmm. um, things just started to change. And I had a a therapist tell, tell me, give me an exercise one time. And I've encouraged friends of mine who are in similar spaces now to do this as well. But my therapist said, Right now, make a list of 10 things that you can do for yourself that are pretty inexpensive and don't require other people to be involved. And she said, and then after you make that list, every single week, pick at least one of those things and just do it for yourself. And we're going to come back. We're going to talk about it week over week. And I was like, okay, bet. That's no problem. I couldn't make the freaking list. Mm -hmm. I couldn't create the list. I didn't know what Mm -hmm. I liked. Um, And so then at our next session, I was like, so look, I try to make that list, but I kind of like, what do I like? And she's like, stop it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I've been through that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I like? Um, I did eventually get the list made and little by little. And one of them, and since you're on my Facebook, you may have seen this, but one of the things on my list that I really love is pajamas. Oh, yes. I did see <laughs> something yes. about pajamas. Yes. Jammies. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So I made the list. I do the things and it is what it is. What that turned into, though, was loving yourself, mm-hmm. right? And as you continue to do these things, if you, add, I'm not going to give you a list right now, but I could probably list like 20 things that I like to do for myself, with myself, by myself, whatever the case, easily without too much thought. Mm-hmm. Whereas several years ago into this activity, I just couldn't. So that I think, um, in the healing journey, it really it has come in phases, and I'm still cycling right now and kind of going through it and learning something new about myself every day um but it's it's been fun so it's good it is fun i love that thank you like honestly i feel like that is so much explains part of my um part of my process you know Mm -hmm. the things that i've been going through but you just put it so beautifully that i'm like wow i can see that that's happening was it like soft like soft girl i have been entering into my soft girl era you know i definitely have been like you know um ever since i quit my job and Mm. uh in October of last year and I've been kind of riding this wave, mm-hmm. you know, but like it's been getting softer and softer and softer. And I feel like part of what you were describing to me was like getting to know myself again. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt like I had lost myself. Yes. Like who is Caleb? What yes. does he even like to do? Mm-hmm. What are the things that he even likes about mm-hmm. himself? You know? That's not like, Oh, I like to go 
do nice things for my mom or, you know, for us mothers. A lot of the times when people ask moms, what do you like to do? They're like, oh, I really love when I can find time to go to the park with my kids. Mm -hmm. What? No. What do you like? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you lose yourself so easily. And yeah, I think it happens in a lot of people's lives and whatever circumstances they're in. But that thank you for putting it that way. That made me think about a lot of the things that I've been going through. And that feels. So you're going to go make a list of 10 things. tonight. I am. Amen. Absolutely. I love it. (laughs) 100%. Yay. Yeah. My work here is done. Good job. (laughs) It's a wrap, folks. (laughs) So I want to know about, um, I was thinking about how you said your marriage was toxic. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the black community, especially, there is like a, hmm, I don't know how I want to describe it, but almost like a badge of honor that you earn from putting up with bullshit in a relationship that part and it's super normalized Mm -hmm. and almost admired Mm -hmm. in a way and expected yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you just expect like i'm gonna be a writer and Mm -hmm. stick it out through the bullshit and Mm -hmm. i'm sure it's like that in other cultures but i feel like we watch that play out in the media we watch it play out in songs on um in our families yeah in our own family structure Mm -hmm. and the woman who puts up with the most shit and stays the longest is like the, the most, baddest. Yes. The most respected. Exactly. She's so strong. She's so amazing. She's so incredible. Yeah. Yep. No, it's it, you're absolutely right. And I think um, the unfortunate part for women specifically in the black community is that we begin to understand that so young. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, not only are we putting up with the things so that we can, you know, and we're earning the badges from other individuals, but we're like seeking those things, yeah. you know, so we can tell them like, we made it through this. He did this to me. He did that to me. Mm. And then he apologized this way and that way and went and got me this thing and that thing and took me here and took me there. And we are better than ever before because thank God, no, yeah. it is, it is, it's really, really toxic. It's, it's, it's just, it's terrible. It doesn't feel good, Mm-mm. you know, and something that I've learned is that when you really love yourself, um, and you prioritize your own self, you naturally attract other people who like you too. Yeah. You know, um, and it's not difficult to sync with like-minded people. But if you don't like yourself, that means that you're hiding parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so how could you sync with people that are similar and that would like you? They don't even know you. You're hiding, you know? Um, And yeah, so what was the question? I I, It was more (laughs) of a statement, but I'm also curious... Um, because again, as a stalkery outsider, I do love to see like a power couple, especially Mm -hmm. when it's a black man and a black woman. Mm -hmm. So what was that like for you? Like deconstructing that relationship and looking outside of that particular relationship, like to find your value? Like, was it hard? Because I feel like you guys had a very public, um, Mm -hmm. persona of like, you know, what, what we all assumed was happening Mm -hmm. or when we would go to the restaurant, like, oh, like this black couple owns it. And what was that like to like step away from that particular aspect of you? Well, I think that that's part of, you know, ultimately that's part of what led to, because what ended up happening is that um, all of the things that were going on behind the scenes in our life that, and mind you, we had, we were together for 14 years. So this is long, a lot of history. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you see the restaurant, you see the things we've bought homes. We, you know, so we purchase properties, we have foreign vehicles, we own businesses. At one time, we had two commercial spaces. You know, we're doing the things, we're living the American dream. Um, 
as you, as we were growing and growing and growing and being more and more powerful and more and more observed, it took more and more to mask what was really going on. Mm. And it got to a point where I really felt like a fraud. And so then I could really go nowhere. I could be at home and our, or I could be at the at the business with the face on doing mm. the thing. Mm. I couldn't really go anywhere else because anywhere else I went, it was just so difficult to keep up with that facade. In addition to that, you know, I come from a corporate background. And so my communication and PR and like understanding of like logistics and optics, it runs fairly deep. My husband, my ex-husband, um, he came from the school of hard knocks. So he had like, he was not wearing a poker face or a business face or any type of it. He was wearing his at all times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that came out really poorly when he was in other spaces. <laughs> and I had a PR the mess out of that. And it was a lot of freaking work. Yeah. You know, and I think he'll find what's right for him. I'm not saying that that, that that one face he was able to wear was bad. I'm just saying it was all bad for me. Yeah. It was a lot of work. So um, stepping away from it, it was definitely one, It was it's in my top like three to five hardest decisions ever in life. Um, and I still have my moments of like, wow, did this really happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but also... I couldn't continue living a fake. Mm-hmm. So there's that. The idea of PRing the shit out of your life, as you called it, <laughs> has like also struck me. It's one of those things that I can also recognize in myself. Like mm-hmm. I think, you know, also being like a manager of the of some of the restaurants in Cedar Rapids, and it's a small city, right? So yep. people know who you are. And like my name's come up in um, places and um Whatever. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. People know who I am. Yes. And Sarah always makes fun of me for that. Yes. But I could not ever be out and about and not have my face on. Yes. You know, I could never not be like on Mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. And that was so hard. And so I understand when you said like, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I feel that in my soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying. And it's, I want to know about what it's been like to unmask. Oh my God. Well, you're looking at it. And it's like, gorgeous. She's glowing. I love it. Thank you. I um I just can't stop smiling, and I find so much humor in things all the time. Like I was never really much of a laugher, and now like I'll you know be out with somebody or whatever, and I see just funny stuff like like the uh, the tank top you're wearing right now. Mm-hmm. Like let's say it's like really hot outside, and you're walking, and maybe one little nipple pokes out. Mm-hmm. I would die. Like I would just like it would be so funny. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, right? Like yeah. stupid things that in the past I wouldn't have even noticed. I definitely wouldn't have laughed mm. at or with or anything. Everything in life is I saw a wig on the ground the other day and I was like, dang, it was like a hundred degrees that day. I'm like, somebody was hot. <laughs> she said, forget it. She took it off and just dropped it. It was like, too I hot. I don't need this right, anymore. Right. You know, so um it's been good, but it wasn't like this at first. I yeah. had to isolate and disassociate and ignore the hell out of everybody Mm. um, and really spend some time with me before I got here. Yeah. Um, But now it's just, it's freeing. And I now can talk about, you know, how much joy did in in the moments that were joyous, because there were a lot of them. We had a lot of accomplishments. So in the moments that were joyous, I can speak about those now, whereas a year ago, I was kind of like, you know, people would say, how's, how's Vivian's doing? And I go, "Mm, it's there. (laughs) <laughs> like it's rolling, it's open. Mm-hmm. The doors are open, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just thinking about like giving yourself permission to laugh, and we talk a lot about vulnerability. 
But I am not a huge like laugher either. I don't know. I laugh about really stupid shit. Nothing that's like funny to other people. <laughs> but I feel like laughing is something that I love to do. And when you don't laugh, you don't realize like how good it feels. Yes. 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 It's a release, like truly Mm -hmm. for your your body um, to Mm -hmm. find humor and let it out. And I think it takes a lot of vulnerability to like share with others what you think is funny. Because sometimes people are like, what? That wasn't funny at all. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm going to laugh anyway. So I don't really care. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more about you, Brie, but let's take a quick little break. And when we come back, we'll hear more about the wonderful Brianna Smallwood. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. We're we here have, with... Oh, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. Oh, no. We have Brianna Smallwood here. She's um, here. She's here, and she has been so sweet to let us talk to her about her life. See how soft journey. you're getting your... You just I called know. me sweet. You are. You're <laughs> so cute. You. I love oh, thank it. thank you. Um, Brianna, I actually had a question for you. Yeah. Um, when... And this was kind of big news in the restaurant industry, especially when it happened. Um, But I remember seeing a post um, that you guys made about this really awful experience that happened Mm -hmm. when somebody was trying to order Mm -hmm. from Vivian's uh, Soul Food. Um, And they called and they wanted... They wanted food. They wanted an order, but they didn't want anybody of color to make the food. Facts. Is that what had happened? Yes. Yeah. Do you... Because I guess... Really what I want to ask about is what it was like to be a black business owner in Cedar Rapids in a place like this that, you know, is pretty predominantly white mm-hmm. um, and to basically have like the only like soul food, the only like. And in, in one of the few, excuse me real quick. <coughs> okay. Sorry, guys. There we go. That's so much better. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, one of the few like. Est- I established. I hate to say that, you know, because I don't want to discredit anyone. Um, I, we have a ton of really great black business owners here in Cedar Rapids, but, um, we really kind of stood it up and worked really hard and Mm. really planted our feet, uh, solidly. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, our, uh, our audience, our consumer base, it was so much more than just our black, the black community, Mm -hmm. which is in the black community itself. That's oftentimes what we target. Um, but understanding that we live in a space where Mm -hmm. it's 93% white, we cannot get wealthy off of the 7% of us that exist here in the city. Right. (laughs) So we had to appeal to everyone and we never put like, I never intentionally or like consciously said, I want to get white customers also. Um, but because we were conscious about where we live and we just made decisions that work for everyone, you know, one of the first things I did is I was like, well, we have to kind of have, we have to have a mission statement and then I'm going to put that everywhere. So our mission statement was, um, it was our goal to bring people of all walks of life together over soul food. I put it on everything. Mm -hmm. And at any given time you could come into the restaurant and there would be like, a table of student men that just got off work from Rockwell and a table with a 
young, 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 young mother, like a 18 or 19 year old mother and her two or three children. And I'm like, come on, give me one of the babies so you can eat. I'll take mm-hmm. the baby with me to the kitchen. <laughs> um, you know, and then there's like a grandma and a grandpa. And uh, it was it was very diverse at all times in there. I think it was more diverse in the dining room of Vivian Soul Food. I don't want to sound big headed, but I feel like personally, it was more diverse in the the dining room of Vivian Soul Food than it really is anywhere else in the city. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, that being said, your real question was, what was it like to be a black business owner? I be- I know for a fact I had to work. We, my ex-husband and I at that time, had to work quadruple hard compared to our white peers. Mm-hmm. We um, eventually became part of circles, you know, restauranteurs and mm-hmm. other local restaurants in the space. We became a part of these circles where we'd go to these little events and dinners and things like that. And it became very obvious that it was almost like this secret society. And we had kind of like been around long enough or we were featured in the Gazette enough times or won enough awards that like, oh, hey, do you want to come to this now? Mm-hmm. But in those first few years, it was not that. Um, so it was challenging, and it was especially challenging when there were very blatant experiences um, uh, that I know, you know, where me and maybe a fellow restaurant owner peer were going through something very similar. Mm-hmm. And I watched them, like, with the snap of a finger, make some things happen. And I'm just like, can you please give me a contact? At this point, I'll pay you. And so I can make that thing happen too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was difficult, but it was fulfilling, I will say. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Eye-opening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it's harder? Well, probably yes. What? How do you think the experience of being a black business owner in such a predominantly white space differs from that of being a white business owner here? Um, well, being a, okay, like this is a risky show, right? Like we can say yeah. things. Yes. You yeah. Say yeah. whatever. Okay. Um, being a white business owner here, my opinion, they don't have to ask for a, uh, a consumer base. Mm. They put an open sign on the door and the people come. Mm-hmm. Being a black business owner here, you have to hustle the hell out of getting people through the doors And then you are held to an expectation and a level of service. Like, listen, the food industry is hard. I am, I pride myself in customer service personally. And so I know for a fact that when I was present, there was a certain level of service. And when I was gone, things were just different. Not all the time. Sometimes it was still great. Um, But food industry is hard. And it wasn't just a Vivian's thing or a because our the majority of our staff is black thing that our service varied based on time of day, who is working, all the things, right? But we were criticized heavily. Meanwhile, as a small business owner, I would frequent other restaurants regularly and still do, like with mm-hmm. Sirens, um, which we'll talk about in a moment. But a group that I lead, we don't go to chain restaurants at all. I frequent small restaurants. The most recent event that I just did, I won't say where it was, but we sat for an hour before we were asked if we wanted water. Mm-hmm. Once the water was there, then we sat for another 25 minutes before there was um, before our order was offered to be taken. There was one other table in the restaurant. Do you think that we went and you know wrote all these terrible reviews and did this? No, because I've experienced that a million times mm-hmm. at almost every place here. It happens. Mm-hmm. 
at that same exact place, I've also experienced phenomenal service on other occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I forgot what the original question was, but we got no grace, mm. period. When there was a mistake made, the whole freaking city knew about it. Meanwhile, I'm like hearing about like, never mind. The whole city knew. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, you just got me hot. Hey, it's all right. We like to get hot and violent on this show. Right. We we wake up constantly and chose, choose violence on this show. Oh, my we gosh. Do. Right. We do. And I think it's one of those things, too. It's hard to talk about racism, and it's hard to talk about any of these things that, um, you know, homophobia or whatever that we experience, but that's kind of the purpose of the show. Yeah. Right? Is to talk about our lived experience and not try to, like, sugarcoat it or anything like that, but, like, these things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was so... Shocking when I read that post that you guys made about that call that you had oh. um, and that customer who wanted food, but not to ha- have it made by anybody who was black. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, jaw dropping. I was like, how how is that happening? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? To have the audacity. <laughs> right. The audacity. And I'll share and with you that that was, you know, that we ch- I chose to post about that one for some very specific reasons. That wasn't like an oddity. I would right, say right. That wasn't an isolated event. No, exactly. No, it mm. was not. I would say probably at least once a week, but some weeks more often than that, we would have white people walk in and mm-hmm. quite literally turn around and walk out when they saw that the bulk of the staff is black. But do they not know what wow. soul food is or where it they comes don't. from? They right. think that they made it in like Springville, Iowa. Like they think they created. I know. I mean, not really, but like, you know, they're like, oh, my mama used to make ham hocks. This is what we used to do. And so they know it's wild. They don't always, they think it's country, not black. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But that one, um, you know, I will say one of the really big, you know, one of, one of the really big takeaways that I, I have learned over the years is that when you're authentic, like, good things and what's supposed to happen will. Mm. And so I did, you know, like I said earlier, I PR'd the mess out of some things. Um, but whenever I post it, like my most authentic and vulnerable moments of transparency, you know, uh, especially in relation to the business, it always felt like all of a sudden there were so many people that wanted to support, wanted to help, wanted to be there. And that one really, really blew up. I didn't know mm. that. And then it became like controversial because then people were like, they made that up to get attention. And I'm like, what? Never. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was wild. So, but it went viral. Yeah. No, yeah. it did. I remember seeing it and being like, what? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's wild. I feel like but. Cedar Rapids is a place where we ignore a lot of shit mm-hmm. as like a community. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And we want to act Iowa nice. I fucking hate that. We phrase. sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't, well, like, that doesn't happen here. Yeah. Maybe somewhere else, but not here. And it's like it right. does happen. And there are people that tell you about it. But, you know, when when the white person who probably, you know, isn't racist but also not anti-racist reads that they're like well i don't do that it's like okay but you're also not standing up to your friends who in private are sharing their really horrible experience of this black owned business and you you just reminded me so the reason why i posted that is because i had had we had been um so many times situations turned around already that i had to get in front of things and so this is really unfortunate and i'm almost shameful that i'm gonna say this out loud 
when I, because I wasn't at the restaurant when this happened, but they called for my, basically for permission to do what they did, which was to hang up, tell this customer no and hang up on them because mm-hmm. the customer called back a time or two. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and so they called, what? they're like, Brie, this is what's going on. Do we have to serve? And I was like, no, absolutely not. But my first thought was that customer is going to go right to Facebook and go put a review and say that they called us and that we were hanging up on them and wouldn't take their order. Yeah. And so I was like, before they do that, I have to say something. Mm -hmm. Like I have to tell the community. In addition to that, though, my employees were so beside themselves with that situation. Yeah, that's not going to not affect you. Right. And so I needed to also do something to just really ensure that they were aware that – that I was in support of the decision that they chose to make while mm-hmm. I wasn't. I mean, they called to get permission, but they were so riled up. So I need it for them to know that I supported them in that moment. Um, and also that there wasn't going to be anybody that could step in between the way that I uh, worked with them, treated them, supported them, et cetera, and right from wrong, mm-hmm. period. Like, yes, the customer is always right. That's that's what we say, right? But um, no, no, F that. No. The customer is not always right. No. Mm-hmm. Not when they're bigots that are racist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's really important to feel supported by your employer. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, especially as a minority or a marginalized person to feel as though the person that you're there working for every day has your back and will publicly have your back, not just in private, I think speaks Mm-hmm. measures to who you are as a person oh thank you thank you yeah yes so i yeah i was pissed about that um and yeah we talked about it on our podcast mm-hmm. when it happened because it was just like it's a soul food restaurant right Crazy what are you people. thinking right. they yeah. did it all the time it was wild are they bored or did they really I'm just like i don't get it i don't get it yeah i know I think it's almost impossible to try to make sense of racism. I know. Yes. You know what I mean? Like where people are coming from and like why they say the things that they say or whatever. Like I just don't have time to try to explain it away. You no, know I mean? and it's not your responsibility. It's not any of our responsibility well, right. to try and figure out mm-hmm. why people are hateful and cruel and mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. Can I ask a question though? I, I really, I'm feeling passionately about this conversation. Go ahead. I, really, <laughs> I, I have a Hi, question. Logan. Hi. Oh yeah. Hi, Logan, producer. <laughs> Thanks for taking my question. Um, Pretend I'm a Colin. Uh, what are we supposed to do about Iowa, right? Because mm. because I think this is a really specific. These problems are not isolated to Iowa, but Iowa is a specific right. place. Mm-hmm. If you if you pick up what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? And you know, my my partner and I are trying to figure out like how we're going to raise a family here, and how we're going to raise kids here, and how we're going to educate kids in this space, and. You know, do we do we leave? Mm-hmm. Do we go somewhere else? Right. Or do we stay here and and try and make it better and try and, you know, leave from the front? And you know, what do we do? I think that there's a million ways to answer that question. But I think um, speaking of starting a family, I think that that's a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. And is that if you go to an elementary school right now and you look at the kindergartner room and you look at the seventh grader room, and I'm saying this from example because I have a kindergartner and a seventh grader. Great. Kindergartners, they're like the little, you know, my daughter, my little black baby, a uh, little blue eyed girl, redhead girl, little brown boy, a couple of them, you know, came in from different countries. They're all together doing their thing, racing down the slides, drawing the pictures, doing the thing. 
seventh graders, I pull up to pick up my oldest after school, and there's very clear cliques of social groups, Mm -hmm. mainly based on, excuse me, mainly based on skin color. Mm -hmm. They're not as diverse. And I think that that's because we are grooming our children on how to act and how to treat people and what is okay and what's normal and what's not. So for white people specifically who are interested in changing things, I would say that one of the ways that you can do that is always be around black people. Like just mm-hmm. put yourself in spaces that are diverse so your child doesn't ever think that it's necessary to be in a space that is all white or that if they're in a space that's diverse, they have to pick the all white group that they can be with all of the things because it, it happens just that quickly. I've had some white people when I have said that to them in the past be like, well, there just are no people of color or it's like inconvenient or I have to go out of my way. And I'm like, what do you think that we have to do in a Facts. in a place where it is 93% white? Mm-hmm. We have to go out of our way mm-hmm. to spend time with people that look like us. Mm-hmm. So if I can do it, mm-hmm. you can probably do it too. And mm-hmm. you might have to be uncomfortable and mm-hmm. you might have to make more of an effort than you've had to in the past. But again, if I can do it, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And if you're really invested in an anti-racist world or you know a fair the world will never be fair, but right. a fairer world, um, mm. then you're going to do what it takes and the excuses are going to fall away. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I like that answer a lot. Oh, thank you. It does start at home. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And they just, they train. They're, they are trained and they train themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it changes just that. Like I, and I was, it's funny that you asked that and had gave me the opportunity to respond that way because I was just having that conversation about that observation recently so that's why it was so fresh. And it, it's mm. it's real and it's wild. So. Children show um, a preference for their own race um, before they're even a year old. Mm. So it's just a biological thing mm-hmm. that we as humans look towards and feel safer and more comfortable with people that look like us. Mm. So it does take real intention yeah. to make yourself comfortable around people that are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, Caleb knows I one day was like, I need more gay friends. And then Caleb's like, I'll be your gay friend. <laughs> and we became friends. But I think being aware of where you're lacking in diversity mm-hmm. and diversity, not just in race, mm-hmm. um, but in socioeconomic mm-hmm. circumstance, in education, um, in gender, in age, in um, physical ability. Mm-hmm. Like there are a gazillion ways to diversify your circle. But you have to be intentional because by nature, you will flock to people similar to you. It's just how we are. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Wow, I'm glad we're all on the same page. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I have, like I mentioned, love watching you in your soft girl era. You are in a healthy, happy relationship. I am. Where you get flowers. I do. On a regular basis. <laughs> I know. I, I get whatever I want. That is so cute. As you should. Thank you. Thank you. Tell and in what's that been like? Um, it's, you know, it's, it's been lovely, but it has been challenging as well. And not because um, it's been challenging because I didn't even know that such health existed. Mm. You know, um, he and I were actually just having a conversation earlier today and he's like, babe. He's like, yeah. And he's like, you know what I was thinking about? I said, what? And he's like, we've never been in an argument. And he's like, well, yeah. 
Like we've had some tough conversations about like life things and decisions and those types of things. We've never been in a space where one of us had to defend our behavior or our thought or our opinion, Mm -hmm. right? We've just never, ever been. And I think that's the difference between an argument and a hard conversation Mm -hmm. is that if you feel like you have to defend yourself, that's when it's an argument. We have never done that. Um, He is just so thoughtful and very courteous. Um, He picks up on that, like he picks up on things that I like that I know that I like, but I didn't realize I like. And then he does those things. Um, He really just makes life easier but it can be for what am I trying to say? In my situation, it's almost unbelievable. And so it's like, okay, when's the curtain gonna get pulled? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's going on? When's the other shoe gonna drop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, not only is it does it feel unbelievable sometimes, but then the next thing is that I just came out of such a a big life situation, marriage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just came out of it. Um, and shoot, where was I going with that thought? So, uh, oh, and it was it was toxic, as I've referenced. And this is my first relationship since being in, a, you know, since being divorced. And there's like this small part of me and this is so sick, but there is this small part of me that kind of wants someone to like disrupt my boundaries just so I can prove to myself that sure. I am going to carry myself differently, handle myself differently in that. He does not disrupt any freaking boundary at Damn all. Damn it. Wow. I know. I, and, and like, amen. Like, thank God. I'm so, he's so incredible. But um, it's, it's a lot of mental work. It is. It is. It, it's a lot of mental work despite the fact that it's so easy breezy and just like, I just feel like a queen all the time. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. should. I feel Thank like you. everyone deserves to feel like that. Yeah. In a romantic partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, or I mean, I still do, but I feel like I have my moments where I'm like, wow. So there are actual, like, people have been doing this. I thought every single relationship, you like fighting and arguing and tension and disrespect, I hate to say that, but disrespect, I thought that was normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the few examples of individuals that I have seen who I have never had, you know, they've never indicated any level of disrespect or tension or anything. I thought it was so fake. I'm like, I know they go yeah. home and like knock each other <laughs> out with the pillows. Yeah. Right. I think the sad thing is that those things are normal. Though, yeah. Right. No, yes. That it's not necessarily that 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 it's abnormal abnormal to you know go through those things or that like um other people having healthy relationships is Mm -hmm. abnormal but it's hard to realize that like it's okay to accept like to not accept things like disrespect or toxicity or you know emotional abuse or whatever it is you know in in relationships that we experience because i definitely understand that right Mm -hmm. that like some of the relationships that i've been in I just thought it was like, oh, yeah, this is just how it's going to be in any relationship I ever have. Yes. But in reality, no, it doesn't have to it be this way. It doesn't have to be that way. And I, when you align with the right person who mm. has similar values and goals and just likes you for who you are, sure, it definitely isn't like that because there's never anything to argue about. Again, there are hard conversations to be had. Sure. What does this thing look like? What is your opinion on that thing? You know, there's hard conversations... But when you actually enjoy each other and like each other, you like never find yourself in a 
space of having to defend or have tension. And it's right. it's like it's incredible. It's great. I love it. There's I feel that. like I kind of experienced that with my faux fiance, Caleb. Hi. Hi. Oh, because yes. Caleb is such a good friend. Um, and in my life, I feel like when you're a young parent, it's really hard to like find find time for you, as I'm sure you know, because your kids are so demanding. And then when you have the time, it's like you wake up and you're like, well, shit. Now I don't have any friends. Yes, I don't yeah. have any friends. So I've had to make all new friends in this past like five years of my life because mm-hmm. my kids are getting older. And Caleb is one friend who will text me randomly and be like, I love you. You make the world a better place because X, Y, and Z. Yes. And I'm like, oh. what the fuck is happening? And why is he talking to me yes. like this? You know, I've just, and he's not the only friend that does it. I have other friends that just really celebrate me as a person. But when we do have to have a difficult conversation or if Caleb does something that I am not, you know, like a hundred percent a fan of, I love him and respect him and there's not resentment that's built up because of something he did or didn't do. And it makes me want to be more respectful in our interactions Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's that level of care Mm -hmm. that he shows towards me and I show towards him. Mm -hmm. And when someone, you know, when you're like closet pissed at someone, you're Mm -hmm. like, all right, you've done four things in the past week Mm -hmm. and I'm now reacting to all of the things. All of them. Yeah. And it's just... It makes it easier to be in a relationship with people when you there's that like mutual respect yeah. and care. Yeah. yeah. That's the baseline. My um ex-husband hasn't arrived at like his his place yet. He's on a he's on a roller coaster. It's really difficult for us, for me, for us together. Um, but one of the things that I can't wait for him to understand, and he has like peaks of this sometimes and he'll admit to it, but like I I always feel like isn't life so much better for you too? Yeah. Like, like, okay, yes, I, I left and you're playing this. I want my, you know, you want it back, whatever, whatever. But also like, man, you can sleep at night because I'm not bothering your ass. Like you can go take a shower in peace because you're not worried about me going and snatching your phone to go through it. Right. You know, you can, isn't that better? Like why would anyone, why do two people who just cannot, do it, want to be together. It's stressful on all sides. Mm-hmm. Not just the person who is, you know, coined the... The victim. Yes. Right. Yeah. That part. Mm-hmm. That part. So... I know for me, I'm aware when I am um, the abuser, and abuser probably wouldn't be the word I'm looking for, but when I'm the initiator of like unhealth. And so I don't like to be in that space. If mm-hmm. I'm making you miserable, then like we both need to find another space because I don't want to be that person either. And right. I know very well when I am making someone else miserable Yes, because I'm doing it on purpose <laughs> right. most of the time. Right. Well, I think one of the most beautiful things that you said earlier about your healing journey was acknowledging the place, the times that you have something to acknowledge and to come clean about or to whatever. And yeah. this is something that's been a part of my journey for sure is to clean up my side of the street yes to acknowledge my own behaviors yes that have been toxic or that have been you know problematic or when i was acting out of you know you know or just contribute it in general contribute it to whatever the poor experience was sure Mm -hmm. how what was the piece that i need to take accountability for and -hmm. that i need to make sure that i do differently in the future right and once you start doing that like I said earlier as well, it's so little about what they did. 
Yeah. You don't it doesn't even it it's not relevant what they did. Right. What they did is not going to make you a happier, better person that treats others well and treats yourself well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do I need to be accountable for? And that's hard, but it's like necessary and it feels good. A lot right. of people never arrive to that point though. I think you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the hard work. Yeah. Right. And it some is. people don't want to do the hard work of like looking at themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that there's, you know, there's there's nuance to this, you know, because I don't think that, you know, everybody who's been in a relationship where it was toxic and they needed to break up needs to like, you know. Right. I don't know. Right. Take right. responsibility for like for abuse, being abused. Like, you know, yes, like, I don't think that that's no. a thing. But um, I do think that, you know, and therapy is great for this. But even but, therapy is great. And I, I hate to interrupt you, but no, you're good. even in a, an abusive relationship, um, Anyways, even in an abusive relationship, you do. And I don't mean take accountability in the sense of like you did something wrong or that you deserve to be abused or that you deserve to be in that situation. But more so, why didn't I love myself enough to say I'm not okay with this and do something about it the first time? Mm -hmm. Why did I not care for myself enough or think that I was Mm -hmm. not worthy enough to say I don't like that, I'm not going to tolerate it. And if that means that you don't want to be in my life because I won't accept that, fine. Right. You know, um, and so they're even in those situations, not to to shame, you know, victims of abuse or anything like that, but just because I have a long, long story. Um, I will say that even in some of the dirtiest, grimiest, most uh, betrayal-driven situations, I really had to look at, yes, someone else was doing the things, mm-hmm. but why didn't I care for myself enough to right. just move around? Where was I? Mm-hmm. That and And you know what happened, too, is it got really bad, like, earlier this year. So I had gotten... Did I just unplug something? Oh, you're, no, you're good. Okay. I had gotten so, um, like, excited. I was, like, so empowered about having boundaries. So, for example, my ex-husband would call, and in our former world, quite literally, when I answered the phone, I would, like, get up on my feet to find out what was going on and where I need to be, when, how, why, all the things. And then earlier this year, little things happened. Like, maybe I'd let him call two or three times, and then I'd respond. Or maybe he'd come pick up the kids and I'd meet him at the door so he doesn't need to come in. And then I was just so excited about that that it got like really vicious. Like all of a sudden he's like calling and I'm like, I would like respond 30 minutes later, I can text. And he's like, okay, well, um, do you think I can see the kids? <laughs> like, like it was like innocent. But yeah. I was like, he got no energy from me whatsoever. I took it to the 10th degree because it was empowering. Um, yeah. And that was after not having any boundaries. Sure. For so long. I think it's one of those things that you learn how to walk, you know, and I think you you do kind of by trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm learning how to set boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start to set boundaries and then you learn how that works mm-hmm. and what works and what doesn't. Facts. And uh, I think that's that's part of the journey is, you know, is, is also making mistakes maybe, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and they can be small or whatever. But um, that is part of the process is like leaning into I might do this too much, mm-hmm. but you can always scale back. You know, you always just have to, you have to kind of fail forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Is that a Brene Brown quote? I, I feel like it I is. I wouldn't doubt it. Wow. I wouldn't Did be surprised. Did you watch her Netflix special recently? Um, I 
am obsessed with Brene Brown, but oh. I have not seen it. Oh, <laughs> I she's a Netflix should. special. She does. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. We're fans of Brene. Yeah. At this table. Uh, Love you, Brene. I Love in. you, Brene. Hey, okay. yeah, well, <laughs> we knew that. Yeah. yeah, that's great. For sure. One of the other things I remember in my little stalker life is mm-hmm. seeing you make a post. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to be able to quote it verbatim, but it was kind of about how when you were in your little surfer rough girl era um, and you were hiding and masking, it was hard for you to like be friends, seek friends and build community and how that has shifted as you've entered this new phase of life um, and how you've like allowed yourself to make friends and reach out and um, like be seen, I guess, by community. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I really love, even though I've not joined, but again, I'm joining in spirit is your siren evenings. Mm -hmm. Will you tell us about that? Oh, I love it so much. Oh, I love it so much. Um, So siren Wednesday. So First Wednesday of every single month, Cedar Rapids tests their weather alert sirens here. So you'll hear at about 8.45, it first says, this is not a real warning. You know, it's a big, mm-hmm. loud voice. Yep. And then you hear the sirens. And then they do it for about five minutes. They sound it. That's it. They do some checks. The whole purpose is to make sure that in the event of a natural disaster, they work. Um, and so long story short, I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I well, I do, but it's just a long story. So I decided to remix. That's what I'll say. I remix the purpose of the siren. So every Wednesday, first Wednesday of the month, when those sirens go off, I literally run to my front door. I leave my office, go to my front door. I capture a little bit of the sky, so that it might be snowing, it might be hot, it might be clear, um, with the sirens. And I quite literally, in that moment, decide what do I want to have for dinner tonight? Where do I want to go? And then I just post it up with uh, the video of the sky with the sirens and what restaurant we're going to go to and at what time, typically 6, 6.30. Um, and it's for anyone. There is no invite. I have never, I've been doing this for um, about a year and a half. Um, I have never actually invited, not one single person. I have not asked anyone that I know, hey, will you join me at Sirens? I don't even know that I've had a conversation about people coming or not coming outside of the post that I make on that Wednesday. It is legit. If you're available and you want to come, come. Mm -hmm. Some months I am sweaty and disgusting and gross and no eyelashes on, Mm -hmm. and that's how I show up. And some months I may have had a big business meeting somewhere and I come like in the pencil skirt and in my stilettos. Um, And I always tell everybody that. Don't be concerned about what you're coming in. I'm going to take the picture with you anyways. Like, and I will be gross sometimes and I'll be fly sometimes. Um, the thing that's really unique about it is that there's not an agenda. It's not, we're not trying to like get you to donate to anything. We're not sitting here talking about how we're going to change the world with our business startups and being this great group of women. We're talking about like how terrible the school drop off line was and how we're pissed about how. Paul messed up our toes at the nail shop last week. And, uh, you know, like. Any and all of the things. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, is Botox a good idea at 35 or yes. is it not? <laughs> Sarah Always. has opinions on that. Always. <laughs> I'm going to stay secret of my thought with that one right now. <laughs> but it's just a whatever you want. So sometimes there have been, I think the smallest amount of women that have showed is a group of four. And the biggest is like 35 women came. Holy shit. Yeah. It was wild. We were at um, Daisy's, the Daisy's out on, ah, yeah, on yeah. Edgewood. Um, 
Yeah. So, and it, there were like, yeah, 35 people there. So wow. it's cool. Cause it's just like, come if you want or don't, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun. And, and so last night was sirens for this month that we're in. I wasn't able to make it, which this is only my second time not making it, but it's so cool because I posted up and I'm like, girls just go mm-hmm. like, don't, you know, I was the connector for most people because my Facebook is private and locked down. So whoever saw it, they knew me somehow. Right. Um, but so I posted yesterday, here's what's going on. Here's where you should go. Please, please, please go. Even if you don't feel comfortable, just try it out. There were only five women. But the coolest part is that these five women had a freaking blast. They're like sending me photos and videos the whole time. They didn't know each other. <laughs> and so it's like, how fire. That's amazing. Isn't that bomb? Yeah. They go and they find a table. They say, hey, I'm here for sirens. And then they find each That's other. That's building community right there. Yeah. It is. It's a bop. I, I love it. I fucking love that. Thank you. Yeah. I was super energized when I was getting their messages. I'm like, oh, you guys are so fire. I'm yeah, so happy. That's awesome. Could yeah. you have seen who you were two, three years ago initiating that? No. I was like very much so, I don't, I didn't people at all. Mm. Um, my employees had access to me, my kids had access to me. That's it. That's it. Mm. That's it. I just couldn't do it. I mean, in formal events, I had people. If we were invited to an event or I had a commitment to be at like a professional engagement or whatever the case, a lot of times in Cedar Rapids, they actually weren't professional at all, but a business community (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. You know, Um, I'll I'll people them. But other than that, absolutely. I didn't want friends. I had Mm. no interest, you know, me first and foremost because I just didn't have the energy to wear a face for them. Yeah. Mm. Secondly, because I didn't trust. I had. I still have some pretty serious trust issues, mm. but it goes back to I had to address those with me. Mm-hmm. It's just every person in this world is not on a mission to attack Brianna. So once I accepted that, then it became a lot easier, and I actually really like having connections and mm. people that I can lean into. I didn't know how much I missed that, so. It's fun. It looks fun. I don't like uh, group activities. Large crowds. I really don't eat. I will. I have to like go. I take like the next two or three days after one of those events. I have to decompress and like Mm -hmm. I'll be in my robe. No makeup. Phone on airplane mode Mm -hmm. for a solid two days. Yep. Yeah. That's how I am. I don't like strangers. So what ends up happening is I just sit there. Yeah. Everyone's like, is she okay? Yeah. I'm like, I am, but I don't want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. So one of these days I'll make it, but. okay. That's all right. You can love it from afar. I do. I definitely cheer you on from afar. And you know, one of the reasons why I've kept it going too is because um, when I started it, I didn't have any friends. Oh, funny. I just remembered. I had put it on my vision board the year that I started it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have friends this year. And so I wrote on a vision board, I was going to have a monthly girls night, but I didn't actually have girls to have a monthly girls night with. Right. That's important. Right. So I kind of, I started this with that, you know, trying to appease, manifest that. Um, But so I've went through a few seasons of feeling like, uh, I'm kind of like, I got what I needed from it. And it takes a little bit of energy for me to coordinate it and go see all the people. Cause I know everyone that's going to show most of the time. And uh, so I don't really feel like doing it, but every time, every single month I end up like just kind of like sideline chatting with someone who it is, sirens is for them what it was for me 
a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Like mm-hmm. my kids are at home with their dad or at the babysitters or at Nana's. They're like, I can breathe. Can I have another margarita, please? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, girl, you can. Like what else? And they're just like, this is, I haven't done this. You know, there have been women that have come and they're like, someone said to me last month, actually, I won't say her name, but she said, um, she's like, ask me the last time I did something like this. And I go, six months ago. I know how, I know that life. And she's like, I haven't done it her whole life talking about her one of her daughters wow and I said what and she's like I have not had dinner with friends in her entire life the child is six. Oh hell no oh my god yeah I couldn't imagine being trapped yeah. at home with my kids for six years <laughs> yeah <laughs> and for no reason other yeah. than like well I I got a mom and giving time to myself is selfish and mm. you know you make up all these reasons in your yeah. head and then the time it goes so do you not feel like time goes so fast as yeah, you get older? Yeah, it does. Yes, it's weird. It's so weird. It's, I hate it. Yeah, I agree. It goes by so fast. So um, yeah, so I love it. So Sirens is cool. So anybody who wants to come, can I say that? Is yes, of course. Plug? Mm-hmm. Of course. First Wednesday of every single month. I typically post by about 9.30 a.m. Brianna Smallwood on Instagram or uh, Facebook. Um, where we'll be at and anyone can come. I really, really encourage that if you just need to be around some people or just to hear people, you don't have to talk to us, just come. That's that. Love that for you. I love that. That's community Thank building you. right there. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Love it. Okay. I want to play a little game before we send you on your way. Okay, let's do this. It's called Word yeah. association with oh oh yeah okay We're, I'm still on um <laughs> living your life on the edge of an orgasm <laughs> yeah and every time I say that to people they're like hmm, oh okay okay <laughs> that's my new saying live your life on the edge of an orgasm I like that yeah it's just keep <laughs> just right there just keep just fucking uh, going until yeah. you get okay. it don't stop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was deep. It, yes, I <laughs> no know. No pun intended. It, oh, we like it deep around here. That no part. superficial shit. So we're gonna. I will say a word, and then you're gonna say the first thing that pops into your mind. Keep it short and sweet. Don't think too much about it. Okay. It's just for funsies. Okay. Yeah, quick fire. Okay. Quick fire. Yeah. Feminism. Me. <laughs> Monogamy. Um, just one. Dating. Fun. Black Lives Matter. Mm, painful. Oh. Queer. Mm, hilarious. <laughs> Marriage. Uh, Montine. That's a person. And she just <laughs> represents all the things of healthy marriage to me. Okay. Okay. We'll have to look it up. Parenting. Uh, mm, it's just so much, but I love it. I love it. Polyamory. Polyamory. Is that having more than one partner? Mm-hmm. That's just interesting. Hmm. Republican. Uh, Donald Trump. Nepotism. I don't know that word. It means like having <laughs> access based upon your family. Oh, goals. Mm. Not that I want to, you know, but goals because like, oh, how good is life? That you get to say, my last name is blah, 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 so I'm going to go, hi, I need this or I need that. That's beautiful. Um, And I have a story about that, but not for today. So there's that. Okay. Next time. Next time. Part two. Mm -hmm. Um, Democrat. Fair. Barbie. Oh, I love it. By the way, I had no desire at all to see the movie. None. 
I didn't, I was actually like against it. My daughters talked me into it. And now I will say I'm like one of the Barbies across the world that says, go see it now. It was so good. So many lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're definitely overusing the phrase. Hi Barbie in our house (laughs) (laughs) all the time. Psychedelics. Uh, Mushrooms. Mm. Politics. Mm, Messy. Blue lives matter. Uh, Just why? Move on. (laughs) (laughs) Cannabis. Uh, Enjoy yourself. Just smoke some weed. Religion. Important. Patriarchy. Um, mm -hmm. Next. (laughs) Money. (laughs) Money. I mean, priceless. Hmm. Therapy. Necessary. Men. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) Except for mine. (laughs) All but one. All but one. Good job. That was fun. Thanks. Yeah, I like it. What kind of words do people use? They give like names and places and stuff. It's I don't know. It's really just association. So whatever comes up in their mind, you know. Yeah. I was trying to think of like a place or like, you know, like more, Mm-mm. but I could, yeah, just, okay, there we are. You passed the test. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say before we end no, it's just I, I feel so grateful that you came in and you were sharing your story. And Thank I feel, you. you know, that you offered so much insight to what it is to, you know, change and to grow and to yes. metamorphize into yes. something beautiful and to change your life in a, in a great, beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Well, um, good. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed. Mm. Awesome. It was Thank definitely you. worth the wait. Yay. Okay. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. I think you're super compassionate. You're so wise. Um, oh, thank you. I really admire you and the way you're living your life right now. And I appreciate that you're making it public so we can just all do the things. follow you. Right. And celebrate with you. Yeah. yeah great for things sure. are happening. I am for sure. I'm yeah. cheering from where I'm at scrolling through your shit. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Watching. Yeah, we're rooting for you. Thank we are. you. And thank I hope you. all good things come to you and your family in life. Oh, you're so good. Thank you. Thank you. Can I say one thing? Yes. Because yeah. you didn't ask. I was surprised that you didn't ask me. So what are you going to do next? Oh. Because the restaurant closed, right? Yeah. Business closed. So I yes. just want to say that if there's any angel investors listening to this conversation <laughs> today, mm-hmm. I have two businesses. One in service and one in uh, technology. Um, they are going to come very soon. But if you're interested in hearing from me and want to know what they are and want to maybe be a part of that potentially as an investor, I would love you a long time. So there's that. Good for you. Hashtag Thank manifesting. You. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Yes. yes. Thank and you. the manifestation and power is real at this table. Yes, it, it is. is. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. To all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us this week on Othered. We love you. We love you so much. Please go leave us a review and a rating. And um, follow, subscribe, share this shit with everyone you know. Thanks. That's it. (laughs) Love you. Live your life on the edge of an orgasm. (laughs) 